Hello, you're listening to the Miss Amanda Chen Show. Welcome to season four of the 100 Mass Men series where I anonymously interview different types of men on dealing with relationships in today's modern world. Masked man number 88 is the masked provider. Rather than defining what masculinity means, we take it one step further to speak about how we show up in relationships, what is the core masculine role that we embody, and do we switch roles depending on who we believe should lead? In this episode, we discuss the difficulty that we experience in wanting to follow our natural feminine or masculine energy, whatever the core energy is, but resist it because of the shame we have received in our lives. Whether that is not letting a man open the door for you because you can do it all by yourself, or you can't be vulnerable in front of a woman because what kind of man are you? It's like we're doomed either way as fulfilling or not fulfilling the stereotype. So let's get into it. I hope you enjoy the show. So there are a couple of things I hear in there just so just to clarify, because when I think about sexuality, I guess there's there's it's, it's so, so many things are connected, but I, I sort of distinguish between sexual preferences or how uh, you express your sexual preferences or what you're attracted to versus your core energy as a being. Uh, okay. and, and so when I, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this. And when I think about core energy, you know, uh, one thing that's really helped me is just the awareness that as a being, I have both masculine and feminine energy. But I also, you know, about 80% of people, based on the research that I've, I've done, about 80% of people have one core energy that is more dominant. And, and often it aligns with your gender uh, for about 80% of people. And so, yeah, for me, I, I definitely feel like my core energy is my masculine energy, but I also have gotten a lot more comfortable with my feminine energy, which has been really helpful for me, trusting my intuition, being able to express my creativity, being able to, yeah, just connect with a lot of the softer parts of me that weren't encouraged as a kid. And, and then when it comes to my my more core masculine energy, what I really connect with, with that is, is, you know, my mission in life, you know, my, my purpose, my role as a protector, and yeah, my, my desire for freedom. Mm -hmm. and, and, and those are really core to me. And, and it's really interesting because I'm able to also see the, the difference between myself as an individual versus in my relationship with my girlfriend because uh, we're both really intentional about polarizing our energies you know when, when it makes sense you know and so there's a metric you know if, you, if one is masculine or let's say one, one is masculine and 10 is feminine right we, there are times where like I'm at a one and she's at a 10 right and then there's times where we come closer to the middle maybe we're having you know just a vulnerable discussion or something like that and, and we're connecting more um, in, in that way, but I also know that it's, it's important for our romantic and sexual chemistry for us to have that polarity, you know, and so there are times where we ramp it up and, we, and we're on opposite ends and that feels really good for us and, 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 and you know, we've had tons of discussions about this and, and you know, on, on her end, because a lot of the things that you know, society has projected on her and on myself as well. You know, there, they, you know, we, we've spoken a lot about things that felt core to her, but she was uh, hesitant to really lean into because, 
society paints them as, as, as less than or inferior and things like that. So she loves when I hold the door open for her or when I like go grab the food at night or, you know, pick up the big package, but she was hesitant to be like, she was like, Hey, I, I, I like making breakfast, but I don't know if I want to make breakfast. And I don't want to be the one, you know, cooking. And mm-hmm. this, you know, so like early on, like we would cook together, we still do cook together. It feels good, you know, for her and, and for myself as well, when she's able to express her love in that way and say, Hey, this is something I made you know, and, and it's not her feeling like, oh, I need to be in the kitchen because I'm a woman or something like that. And so, the, the, you know, we, we, we played around or just experimented with, with what feels good for us. Uh, and, and then when it comes to sexuality and, and attraction, yeah, that's been something that I've been exploring a lot and thinking a lot about. And, and, and what really comes to mind for me is this understanding that sexuality, it you know, it has more of a spectrum nature than 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 the binary uh, way that it, it's shared in the world, and that was something that I really had to learn to uh, grow with and, and and accept for myself because in my environment there was a lot of homophobia, and so I had to do a ton of unlearning. And I remember even myself like seeing a dude and thinking that they're attractive and be like, whoa, like oh, you can't have that thought, like, like, what's that, you know, and, and being able to come a long way to be like, no, like, you have your preferences, you know, like, whatever you are attracted to, like, sex is a beautiful thing, love is a beautiful thing, like, it doesn't need to be labeled, it doesn't need to be categorized, it just is, you know, and so that's really where I'm at, and it's felt really freeing, and it's allowed me to be less judgmental to myself and to other people and a lot more compassionate to others as well. And, and as far as what I see with men, you know, we, we, we have a long way to go, you know, with our acceptance of ourselves and, and of our sexualities and just of our understanding of our different, um, yeah, core energies. I, I can say a lot about that, but I, I'll, I'll pause right there. Okay. Let's get into the part about the difference of gender roles, you know, about yeah, your yeah, girlfriend yeah. basically saying, you know, I do like cooking. Should I not enjoy cooking as much? Because then I'm kind of following the status quo. And there's a a form of rebellion here, I think Mm -hmm. of just like the desire to not be the status quo. Mm -hmm. So I think there's uh, also just a teaching that there's a repulsion towards the feminine side of things. Mm -hmm. So I was looking at this study where they took like three to five-year-old kids and then they, they did a study where they would take them into a playroom. So they took all of the boys into a girly playroom. You know, the wall was, were all pink and they were Barbies and everything. And each kid would go one by one. And then when the boys would go in, they would, they would be like, oh, this, this, these toys are for girls and like walk out. They'd be like, I don't want to play anymore. I think one might've tried to like make the Barbies fight and was like, this isn't working for me. And this left, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. But when they brought the girls in to the boys room, everything was painted blue there were trucks and whatever and they were like go play the girls were more open to playing with any of these toys because it's a little bit more gender neutral and encouraged right it's like oh you can learn to build these blocks together like there was actually something more purposeful than like oh all you can do here is is change outfits or you know Mm -hmm. whatever these kind of softer skills are and it made me realize like there's a repulsion to that right so if if you're if you're a girl like it's repulsing to to like to do hair or any of these things, unless you are a girl, then you have the allowance to do so, but that's it. Like you just, you're just permitted. And there's, there's nothing beyond that. There's no like praise, desire, you know, want to, to pursue that except the, the non-binary group, 
that is just rejected from the group that they were born in or mm-hmm. whatever they're, they're supposed to be doing. So I'm just curious. And especially when you just said about this, like, um, you know, gay thoughts or like thinking the other side is, is attractive. I think that goes in the same thing. Like it should, it's repulsive to be attracted to men, mm-hmm. you know, like men should be attracted to, to women for, for beauty and all these reasons. So if you're attracted to men, there's something wrong with you or you're lesser than you're just a woman that and I don't even think that guys try very hard to be attractive to women. You know, it's kind of like guys just go and select women or just, you know, hope that one chooses them. There is no like, let's figure out how to be more attracted to women. So I think that's, that's also a thing that there was just no effort put into what even makes a guy attractive. So if you are suddenly attracted to one, why? You know, it's not, it's not very clear or acceptable to, to talk about. Yeah, for sure. 100%. And to your point, I, I think a lot of that comes down to, you know, because we have a misogynistic, masculine driven society, right? We demonize women and, and, and people whose core energy is, is more feminine. We demonize them for, for their essence, which is so problematic and also makes people feel like, oh, I shouldn't be like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was a conversation I had with my girl because it, so she, I mean, she expressed, she was like, men love if a woman they're, you know, with is really open sexually or, you know, really shares what they like, you know, but at the same time, they will then talk shit about that woman for being open sexually, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's, it's harmful for, because in her sense, she's like, this is just my essence. And this is what feels good to me. And so that that's a conversation that, that we spoke a lot about. And, and, you know, it transfers to a lot of other things beyond just sex. You know, it, you know, when you think about what I, a lot of what I learned about, you know, feminine energy versus masculine energy is, you know, masculine energy is often more direct at, at, at one point, you know, feminine energy is often able to hold multiple things, be a little more flowing a little more intuitive connected to like love and, and feelings and aesthetics and, and so there's a lot of that that you know I guess in certain industries it, it's encouraged but in general women often have to play lean more into their masculine energy during their work life you know they aren't necessarily able to do it in a way that feels core to how they would do it and, and so it's been interesting you know when I have these conversations with my girl because because she's like I'm almost learning how to be okay with my feminine side. You know, I'm mm-hmm. almost learning how to let go in that way. And even with the, with the dynamic with me and her, learning to, to trust and to be okay with letting go in the ways that to at her core feel good to her. But she's like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Because I, I, I society usually judges me for letting go in this way, you know, and, 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 and doesn't allow me to. But at her core, that's that's what she desires, you know. And, and so, yeah, it, it's it's really interesting. Um, but it's been beautiful and healing for us to be able to have these conversations and to experiment with what feels good and communicate. And, and in many ways, just to get present and, and and let go of what we've been told we're supposed to do, you know, and lean more into what feels natural in ways. Do you have an example of a concept that you had to let go of that? was introduced with your relationship? Yeah, I mean, a lot a lot of what <laughs> I'm thinking about as far as examples are, are related to sex, but the word uh, 
I guess, submissive or surrender is, 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 is what comes to mind. Like in, it feels good for her to surrender during sex. It feels good for me to lead during sex in our dynamic. But, you know, she was hesitant to do that early on because she was like, ooh, I don't really be judged. I, I don't, you know, I don't know how much I can open up to you. I don't know how much I can let go. And then let me think of another example. Yeah, I, I guess one thing that comes to mind is that she's communicating is feeling the need to always be doing versus to be allowing. Really, it's hard to, to put in the words, but just she's really tuned into her different energies and, and, and different ways that she can bring things to life. And I guess the more masculine, you know, dominant way to do it is to be like okay this is the one thing and i'm just gonna keep grinding 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 you know and, and that didn't feel good to her necessarily like it, it made her feel more stressed than she wanted to be and you know so she's learning more to allow so that's one example and, and as far as our dynamic yeah i mean i this is interesting there are many times where she she wants me to lead on things and she leads in her own way because oftentimes she suggests things and then she wants me to make the plan. You know, so she's leading in her own way as well. But there are many times where she, you know, like there are times where I'd like plan a trip or like take care of like the car rental and, and other things and pay for it. And, and you know, we just go. She's like, baby, I love that you did this and you just took care of it. But at the same time, she was hesitant to be like, is it okay if I just let you take the lead on certain things, you know, because there's an element of her letting go that she isn't often encouraged to do in society. Um, and even on my end, you know, I early on would be like, hey, like, I need your input on, on this thing as well. And her on her end, she's like, just decide, you know what I mean? Like, I trust you, just do it. But on my end, I'm thinking like, I know it's important for, you know, I believe that gender equality is important. And so I want to make sure I get your input, but I'm not necessarily, I wasn't necessarily understanding that in the dynamics of this relationship, she wants me to lead. And, and that's important for, you know, our chemistry. And it's also just important for, yeah, you know, the trust that she wants to have in me. And so that was an area where I had to be like, oh, like, I don't decide where we go. She's going to end up deciding and she doesn't want to decide. So I just need to decide, you know, <laughs> and she trusts that I'll make a good decision. And yeah, so those were some of the areas as well where we were able to grow and be comfortable with trusting each other. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just a, a core dynamic in relationships, like learning to trust. Right. And, yeah. you know, I think the allowing you to lead was it was even something that I struggled with. I remember in Mexico, um, my credit card got denied. So mm -hmm. just because I was making transactions in Mexico. So I had to ask this guy to, to pay for some stuff mm -hmm. uh, for our bookings for, for whatever we were doing. Um, and I was a little bit uncomfortable with how happy he was about that because mm -hmm. this was like me coming in at a time of need, but it was a temporary need. And it was more of just like, can you help prepay for this? And then I'll just pay you back when this happens kind of thing. But I didn't like that I was fulfilling this role and that he was so happy to help in that way. Mm. And on the flip side, when I am in an emotional state, when I would like support, all I get back is I'm not worried about you. You're, you're fine. You're always fine. You're always like the one that's going to be the strong type. That's going to persevere everything. And I'm like, 
do I get any yeah. <laughs> compassion though? Cause that's, that's all I'm looking for. I, I what yeah. if I want to vent, you know, what if like, yeah. I don't want a solution cause I know I'll find the solution, but you know, I, I realized that there's a lot of women that embody this masculine energy. And then when they're trying to enter their feminine space, suddenly there's no room for it because they're just like, Oh, what do you mean? Like, I'm confused. This is, you're always the man in this, like you, you, you have it all together. So yeah, yeah that's, that's powerful. It's always yeah. freaked me out. Yeah, we we we've had some yeah we've had some discussions to, to bring that up. We've just surely had some discussions with that as well. Yeah, where where she's expressed like I sh- sometimes I just want you to be the container and just let me mm-hmm. <laughs> let me be emotional, you know. And, and yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting because I I hear what you said about not wanting to help too because she's also expressed that as well. And there are times where I'm like, let me help you, like the boxes are really heavy. <laughs> Let me help you pick it up. You know, I am stronger than you, you know, it's okay. And she's just like, you're right. You're right. I don't have to do this all by myself. And yeah, it's cool because then I can, there's also ways that, that she helps me as well, you know? And so we can lean on each other in, in, in different ways that, that feel good. So this is my, I guess, research that I've learned is men are really comfortable with helping if it's a financial or physical situation, mm. right? So with the credit cards, it made sense for him to do that. Like you said, lifting boxes, it's really easy. If it's attributed to a physical essence that, that you as a man can do and fulfill because society has made it easier. DNA wise, you guys are stronger. You guys get paid fat more, you know? So all of these things yeah. make sense on a biological level. But most of the time, at least with women that I speak to, they're looking for help on the emotional side to build a better relationship with them. And this is where I don't think men are as prepared to offer that kind of help. So how have you been able to, to break down your own judgment of, oh, I don't enter this space. I'm not the emotional provider. I am the financial and physical provider instead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, and I do think that that is something that at least in my research of, of feminine energy and with the understanding that everyone has both. But what I have seen is that people whose core energy is, is feminine energy, they're, they're generally able to connect more uh, with their feelings in, um, or at least uh, create more depth there in, in a relationship. So I will say that's definitely an area where I, like, I feel like I'm really helpful at being like okay this is a plan that we need to like actually do this thing that we've been talking about like let's make a plan you know where um you know my girlfriend she's done a great job at times of of creating that depth of connection and that depth of love where she'd be like let's play this question game you know let let's do this thing that's going to help us you know connect at a deeper level and so i'd say in our dynamic she's really helped me with that Uh, but on a personal level a lot of work has been me looking in the shadows at, at my relationship to my dad and and what I learned about masculinity and yeah as I you know a big part of it's my you know my meditation practice and my different you know introspective practices that allow me to bring more awareness to what I'm feeling and and and, and that's all helped me to connect more with my feelings and 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 then through reading things like Brene Brown's writing and and just understanding more about vulnerability and how that helps to build connection how that helps with healing how that helps with releasing shame 
that's been something that I've been a lot more intentional about. And I'll say last summer really took me to new heights because what I realized was this has been like, a, yeah, it's happened really over the last year. I've, I've, I've gotten so much better at opening up. I noticed that a lot of my friendships, I was almost like a the listening ear. I would be the, the, the person offering space for my friend, and it wouldn't necessarily be reciprocal in the sense that I could go and talk to them. Uh, and, I, and I was definitely playing into this dynamic as well. Uh, and I've been able to connect the dot to my relationship with my parents because as a kid, I didn't really feel uh, safe to express myself emotionally. And so what that resulted in was me being a people pleaser and me feeling like I needed to hold everything in because I didn't really have someone that would be, you know, listen in a helpful way or support in a helpful way. And so those were a lot of the friendships that I attracted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, as I started doing a lot more of my healing work, some of my more recent friends have been a little different. And, and, and this one kid, I call him my little brother. Yeah, he's, he's one of my best friends. And we had a moment last year because our dynamic actually started off like more like a mentor-mentee relationship. He, he was interning for me with my first company and we met playing basketball. And so there was always that role where I was more listening to him and giving him feedback, et cetera. Uh, but then as our relationship grew to, into more of a mutual friendship, we had a moment last year where we were just hanging out. And he was like, do you realize that we only really talk about me? We don't really talk about you as much. And that really, yeah, that really opened my eyes because it wasn't something that I was super conscious about. It was just this, a dynamic that was comfortable to me because that's what I've been doing since childhood. And that really, yeah, it, you know, that coupled with all of the, heartbreak of you know the racial violence from last summer like that just cracked so many things open you know that was the first time you know I shared I was able to share a lot of things with him and release a lot of shame and that was the first time where I was like whoa I am safe to actually share these vulnerable things like someone is willing to listen and that's you know helped me tremendously and it, it, it's it's allowed me to be able to do that in other relationships and then you know, with my girlfriend, that's something I'm able to continue as well. And so, yeah, I attribute a lot of it to, to the early healing work and then also to this one friend and, and, and to a lot of looking in the shadows and, and, and letting go of things that, you know, didn't feel right to me and, and redefining masculinity for myself uh, has been a big thing over, over the last year. Mm -hmm. So what were the conventional concepts of masculinity that was taught to you by your father yeah I mean a lot of them were unspoken but <laughs> there was definitely a significant judgment when I stepped out of line I mean it wasn't just my father either it was, it was my friendship my neighborhood you know all of that but definitely boys don't cry was something I heard a lot I mean there was definitely some, there's definitely some trauma around like my dad policing the way I walked or my mannerisms and things like that if he felt like they were too feminine really? um yeah how is yeah. it like what do you mean like there's too many too much hip action <laughs> like what would happen yeah I mean it, yeah like don't walk like that you know just just like or, or and he would all he would also say things that were 
that were hurtful too. Uh, they were very homophobic, and, mm-hmm. and, and so uh, I don't necessarily want to repeat them, but but uh, yeah, it, it was. It wasn't always compared to something that looked or appeared feminine that you would receive the the rejection for. Or yeah, was there, yeah, 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 yeah. Very often, very often. That that that's yeah pretty much oh that's uh, that's i mean those were things that stuck with me the most so like sure. any yeah so anything that just didn't fit the script but then what about things that did fit the script or you know what was defined as masculine for 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 your space that you were in like was it yeah. um, was it respect you know like how was respect delivered you know like i know a lot of households would be like oh make sure that you say hello to all your, your elders or you know address them yeah. first or you know what what kind of things were those masculine ideas that um maybe you would get awarded for good behavior yeah a lot of it was was just around toughness and you know my dad was he was a taekwondo instructor part-time well that's like his passion so you know, we would play fight, and that was really the only time where we would have, like, physical intimacy, you know, if we were, like, grappling or play fighting or something like that, and so that felt really rewarding, and yeah, just, just sports, you know, he, he was, he was big in the sports, and, and so we loved that. I was also a big athlete as well, so that felt good, but the dynamic actually in my household was interesting, because this caused a lot of conflict, because my mom leaned more into her masculine energy than she wanted to. And so that caused conflicts because then my dad felt like, like he wasn't really being the person that he wanted to be. And my mom was like, why am I dealing with this shit? You should be dealing with this, you know, step up in in the ways that you need to step up. So my whole understanding of, of even what it meant to like step up as a protector and as a provider in a family was skewed, um, because of that dynamic and you know as I got more into having my own relationships I, I had to do a lot of relearning unlearning figuring out what makes sense for me in, in that space uh, but then also it just just with the kids in my neighborhood with what I saw on tv and the media you know a lot of it was just about like not showing emotions being really good at sports being physically strong uh having grit you know and and, and just yeah getting stuff done you know, like the people that I idolized, they, you know, like Michael Jordan and other other men like that. It was just like, all right, we got this one mission, and we're 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 making this mission happen. You know, and so that's what a, a lot of what I saw, and yeah, and no touching <laughs> was another big thing. You know, yeah, it's like for sure you can get you can give a handshake, but like if you do give a hug, make sure you slap them really hard on the back. <laughs> I think it's interesting, especially with ethnic families, that you don't really know who's boss. Like technically, mm-hmm. dad's supposed to be boss because he's bringing home the money and he's, you know, the serious guy that like reprimands you for good or bad behavior. But then mom's there that kind of like holds down the fort, you know, like there won't <laughs> be food on the table unless mom figures it, figures it out, you know. Yeah. And the only like the king of the household only listens to mom, you know, so it, it, it's really confusing, I think. And I, I also think that's why there's a lot of anxious attachment styles because it's like who who's boss you know and then yeah. you know who who do I listen to because what if they give separate answers and then yeah. they start fighting in front of you and then you're like oh no so I think I think 100%. it was mainly confusion than it was anything um because I think 
I mean, depending on the household, if it was like very yeah. specific, then, then you at least knew there was an order. So I'm curious what your thoughts are in dynamics with, with men's groups, because the way that I observe women together versus men together, women together, it's all kind of equal, you know, like mm-hmm. it's all, it's all me too. We feel the same way and we bond on similar experiences with men. There is a hierarchy, like who's alpha, beta, whatever. And it's already decided who's like, there's a pecking order that gets decided either by sizing you up. And like, I don't know if it's nonverbal. I don't know if there's a physical aspect to it. You know, does that happen when you, when men enter any room together? Like, do they immediately size each other up? Like what, (laughs) what does that look like for you? Because I think, I think there is a huge physicality aspect to it. I I just wouldn't like to know what you think. Yeah, that's a, (laughs) that's a cool, (laughs) man. That's a cool question. I mean, I think a part of it is how connected the man is to his heart. Mm, I think that makes a big distinction between um, how they show up in a space. With that being said, there's certainly an element of, yeah, of like, you can sort of, a lot of it comes through through conversation, but there's like an element of like, okay, does this person have integrity? Is this a person I can trust? Is this a person that I feel... I can respect um, because of their integrity and because of, of their alignment with what feels, you know, important to them and purposeful, purposeful to them. And, and that de- certainly impacts the dynamics of, of uh, spaces. And it's interesting because I've, I've, been, I've been getting a much more tuned to like when I'm walking with people, mm. like who is leading and who is following with the walking. Uh, but it's not something I was super present to because I'm usually the person that's leading. So it's something that I've had to like become more aware of. And yeah, you know, like I lift weights and stuff like that. So it's definitely something that I'm much more aware of now because it's like, oh, like I would have a lot of times people defer to me and I wouldn't necessarily expect that. Not that I wouldn't expect it, but, but I, I wasn't super aware of it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and now that I've been more aware of it, it's like, oh, sometimes it's because I'm just physically bigger than them. Other times it's, it's, I don't know, I guess they, they respect me, you know, trust me. But I also have moments where like I'm with men where I, that I really admire, I really trust, and I do the same thing, you know, where I may defer to them or I may allow them to lead in a certain way. And so I think a lot of it comes more down to like how in alignment that person is, you know, the presence that person has, the integrity that person has, their willingness to follow through on their missions or whatever they feel is important to them. That to me usually is more of an indicator. Um, and then I guess physical size, there's an element of it, but it's not usually the biggest thing. Okay. How do yeah. you measure up another man's level of integrity and respect? Like, how would you be able to, to tell? Cause like, if you, I mean, on a purely unaware level, yeah, you'll default to physicality on yeah. just eyes, but you know, do you converse in a certain way that you'll realize like, Hey, this guy has integrity. Like how how do you get around to um, receiving that kind of respect? I mean, a lot of it's energy, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of it's, it's, it's a lot of it's body language. A lot of it's how the person carries themselves. A lot of it's intuitive. You know, it's, it's not necessarily a checklist that I go through. It's, it's more of a feeling, but then, you know, we do have social media, you know, so that, (laughs) oftentimes you're aware of a person before you even meet them. And so mm-hmm. that is that plays a role in it as well. So what are they seeing, what they care about, seeing 
receive messages and the energy that they're sharing with the world and, 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 and the things that they're putting their energy into, that plays a role. And on the, the conversation level, it's like, do we connect, you know? But, but it, it, the interesting thing is that like, a lot of times it just has to do with how the person feels internally and that's how they show up and that's how other people respond to them, you know? And so, so a lot of times it's me responding to the presence that I feel. I think maybe it's just intentionality because yeah. I mean, if I'm in a co-ed space and I'm, I don't know, I guess it's a, a masculine energy that I give out, but I tend to just lead the direction, even though I don't know where I'm going. Like I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. we're supposed to be following this other person. And I just start walking left or something. And then people just follow me left. And then I turn around. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know where I was going. I'm supposed to go in that way with the other person. The people that follow me are just not paying attention or are just receiving my energy in a certain way. The ones that don't follow me or the ones that like yell at me and are like, hey, we're not supposed to be going this direction or to call me out by saying like, you shouldn't be leading or any of this kind of stuff. It's an intention that I think to restore who is, you know, at the top of this pecking order in what, whichever community space that you're in. Is that what you get? Because I, that's how I get it. I think mainly out of a gender space, right? Because if, if you are a man in a space where it's co-ed, naturally there's this, need to show at least that you are of the desirable caliber in front of women. And I feel like there's a lot of sexuality in that. Not that like you're expected to have sex with all of these people, but you want to be a credible choice. So however you exercise that through physicality or through your expression of whatever intentionality, I think there's that. So I'm just curious, why is there that need? Because women don't walk around being like, I better be fuckable for like all of these guys <laughs> that I talk to, because that would be just too many people. I don't walk down the street and, and aspire to be fuckable, you know, like yeah, all yeah. the time. But I feel like yeah. guys do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great point. I see what you're saying. So what I hear you saying is that it seems like men are often a lot more intentional about being attractive or, 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 being someone that that the eyes are on versus women is is that is that what you're saying well I think so you know even when you were talking about that people pleasing thing if there is a people pleasing thing in regards to other men for sure there's a physicality involved in that there's a respect that you need to achieve you want to be on their good books for whatever reason when it's in front of women it's like you got to look like you can provide for her in a certain way and usually that is sexually right? Like you want to be, you want to feel certain that if there was ever an opportunity, she would maybe probably say yes to having sex with you, you know? And and then if you're confused, you stick around to make that certain with no intention of actually having sex with this person. But maybe this one person was so cold to you that you engage in so many interactions with this person to, to make sure that this person would actually say yes to having sex with you. And then now they're in love with you because you have spent this time proving that to, to this person with no desire. You know what I mean? And it's, it's mainly just for your own ego boost to be like, yeah, yes, I'm, sure. I'm still relevant. I am, I am this provider. And I think that's why, you know, online um, dating is so problematic because it, it, it's a boost on like steroids of like, okay, make sure, make sure, make sure that I am fuckable with all yeah. of you or like at least top three choice, you know, amongst yeah. these, these people that I interact with. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> <that's a good laughs> I mean, I feel like there's a couple of things at stake. I feel like part of it is a lot of men are not fully in tune with their masculine core. 
And so, you know, what's really the most fulfilling thing for a man is their mission or their purpose or whatever they're striving for, right? And everything else they attract because of that, because of who they are, because of, you know, how they're showing up in the world. A lot of us have been conditioned to think that our highest priority is to get a girl, you know, Mm -hmm. and because of hookup culture, because of, you know, what we got praised for in high school and middle school, et cetera, et cetera. So to, you know, to feed our insecurities, that is what a lot of men rely on, you know, being like, oh, I hooked up with her or, you know, she gave me her number or blah, 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 blah. Uh, And it's really to make themselves feel full without actually being aware that that's not actually going to make them full. But that's another story. And so I think a lot of it derives from that. I think a lot of it also derives from the power dynamic because of physicality, because women often, or not often, but I mean, I just actually, I don't even know, I guess often from what I've heard, (laughs) feel unsafe, you know, (laughs) walking in by themselves at night, et cetera, et cetera. And a man is, you know, in that diagonal with a man and woman, a man is generally not worried about their physical safety. And so I think a woman is much more willing to open up in that way when they do feel safe versus men just being like, oh, it doesn't really matter. Like, I can play this game as long as I want. You know, I, I don't feel physically unsafe in, in this setting. And so I think that that dynamic plays into it as well. Yeah. And I think playing up with the physical, just non-fear that men have, I think that's what makes them into adrenaline junkies, right? It's like, mm-hmm. because they don't have fear for their life on a regular basis. They chase it in different ways that could be life-threatening. Whereas women live in a thriller forever, you know? I also do feel like that's a part of core masculine energy though. Like we really seek, we seek to release, you know, we seek to be liberated. We, you know, that's, you know, even if you look at oftentimes little boys, they're just like doing ridiculous things, you know, like breaking things, you know, just like running everywhere like crazy, you know, and it's like, I do think that that's an element of core masculine energy, whereas from what I've studied with feminine energy often wants to be filled, you know, it often wants to be nourished in a way. Uh, and, and so I, I think that's a, a distinction as well between you know just like testosterone makes you do crazy things you know like you're just more willing to like jump off of a bridge or do something wild like that you know and so I think there, there's a biological element to that as well and I think that you know when you, if you think back about like who was like chasing down animals you know or, or, or who was who was like going out and hunting you know it was often the, the man you know and so I think biologically there's an element of that that has helped us to survive. And, you know, I think that's why something like a mission is so core to masculine energy, because like, that's how we survived, you know, and, and that's how we still survive, you know, although now we're, we, we're in a place because of technology, because of other things where you can still survive without following through on what feels purposeful to you. But yeah, I do think there's an element of that that's core to masculine energy. So I would like to challenge that because... I don't think that women need to be as afraid of walking home alone in the dark. Oh, I agree you with know? that. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I see why it exists, right? Because men are physically stronger. You know, there's there's all of these totally valid reasons as to why, but the fear shouldn't be the same. It shouldn't be 
weighted in that way. Because the fear is you, you travel alone, some stranger is going to kidnap you and murder you, right? Mm-hmm. If you walk down the street of the of your parents' house, there can still be a random person that kidnaps you and murders you. Why does it have to be a foreign place and you traveling alone and suddenly, you know, that changes? If it's broad daylight, if it's in darkness, like all of these same things would potentially still happen. People are kidnapped in broad daylight all the time, right? So I think society has created this like, version of the worst case scenario fear factor you know and i think that also heightens the role of men but then what happens is men don't want to follow i mean all humans don't want to follow a rule that's just been forced onto them you know so it's like well i want to live freely i want to do my own thing i didn't realize i have to suddenly consider every other human walking down the street that might be potentially kidnapped and and murdered you know like Mm -hmm. that's a lot of considering that you have to do now Mm -hmm. We don't expect that for ourselves or other people. So I understand the hesitation or like to, to participate like that. So I'm just curious how you would aspire to make this a more comfortable environment for people to, to feel safe, you know, like with other women that are saying this, because for me, I would say, just keep doing it. Just like make more instances of you being alone and, and traveling alone and not being afraid of things, but that's far and few. You know, and I don't think a lot of women would be very comfortable to be like, yeah, let me start doing that. And I think I only started doing that because I thought I would be safer with a man. And I put myself in these situations where I would ask men to walk me home. And then I would be in an uncomfortable situation where I'm like, does this guy want me to invite them up now? You know, and then there's new, there's new expectations and layers that get attached to that because these men start wanting a reward for doing that behavior, especially if I asked. Right. So So when I stop asking, then now I'm like, okay, great. How do I do this by myself? I'm actually safer alone because I don't have to adhere to someone else's expectations of me. But, wow. you know, I'm, I'm like not, I'm a huge anomaly in that space. Like I would rather walk home alone at midnight than, you know, ask for, sure. for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I think a lot of it, the safety, it comes from the guys. And, you know, I, I mm-hmm. think, you know, when I heard a lot, you know, a lot what was being expressed a few years back with the Me Too movement. I think that was a lot of stuff that guys were not, were ignoring, you know, that women were saying and guys were just like, oh, whatever, you know, until enough were screaming at them. It was like, holy shit. I mean, still some of them were like, whatever, you know, but, you know, it was, it was in their face enough where they were forced to listen. Uh, and even me, I was forced to reflect and, you know, there's things like catcalling and, 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 you know, just, yeah, following women and things like that and and feeling entitled to responses and and, and just not being aware that this other person feels unsafe when you do this. And a lot of times it's like the dude is only doing it because their friends are around. You know, they're only doing it to make themselves feel better with the, among their friend group, you know, for their own insecurities. Uh, and so I think a lot of it's just awareness that like you are making that person feel unsafe. Yeah, I think that a lot of that falls on men to hold ourselves accountable, to hold our friends accountable, because if, the, if that wasn't cool in the friend group, then that person wouldn't be doing it, you know. And so that's a lot of what comes comes to mind. And, and to your point, I, I know, for example, like with my girlfriend, like she, you know, there are things she only wears when she's with me, which is, you know, 
it's sad that like she would want to wear an outfit and be like, I'm not going to wear this unless I'm with you, you know, and, and that that says a lot that she doesn't really feel free to express herself in, in that way. Yeah, I do think that there's a obviously the, what the brain does for survival is in any situations it feels unsafe to heighten it, you know, and it'll disregard all the thousands of situations where you were safe. But at the same time, I do think there's a legitimacy if you are used to getting catcalled or if you are used to, you know, groups of men doing things that invading your personal space, you know, when you're walking down the street or things like that. Yeah, I think it's it's hard having these conversations with people like you that are really understanding and you wouldn't even be put in that place, right? For sure. So yeah, yeah. whenever I talk to you, to some guys that are like you that you know are, are working on 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 yourself and trying to create a better relationship with your partner this is kind of difficult to put into an, another perspective because it's just not a space that you would be in so yeah. how do you how do you want to make a difference because i i feel like you're the the middle person to really help change your community and other people sure. right so i i hope to to reach people like you but what happens is like it kind of ends there because you're just like I can't I can't even fathom yeah. why other guys would act like this and no, then you but can I, see others or you or I you do get, no no I get it no no you I do okay yeah. oh, no, no, I get it I see it yeah 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 no I, I grew up in the Bronx I, I definitely <laughs> I definitely see it I mean I've seen I've literally been with my girlfriend before and like she walked to BB and she'd be like, yeah, this dude said this to me walking. And then now I have to walk down the, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's, it's I see it all. It's, I, I, it happens, you know, it's, but I do think that I have a, a, a purpose. You know, that's something I've been actually talking to one of my friends about. And, and I, I, I was sharing about a year ago, I was sharing a lot of things related to, you know, reimagining masculinity, you know, around roles with gender dynamics and relationships and outside of relationships and things, things like that. And, and I've sort of focused a little more on more recently on, on the peoples and, and, and the message that I'm sharing now, but this is something that I'm very aware of and feel called to uh, give energy to as well, you know? And, and so I was talking, I was talking to my friend a couple of weeks ago about starting a men's group you know, and I do see myself building a community for men and, 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 you know, having another company that does help men heal a lot of this stuff that makes them unhappy and, and makes women unsafe or feel unsafe. And, and so um, I do, I do recognize that this is something that like, I'm, I'm someone that can actually reach a lot of these, these men. And, 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 and I have had some of these conversations individually, but I have also recognized that I've sort of distanced myself from men who are just, I'm just like, all right, <laughs> I'm not going to deal with that. Like, not, not that I'm not going to deal with that. Like, I'm not going to be hanging out with you. <laughs> like, this is not cool. Yeah. Um, so how do, do you, sorry, like, how do you punish, I guess, how would you punish guys that do that kind of behavior? You know, because what I normally hear is we just won't talk to these guys, you know, we'll just isolate yeah. them and those guys will just be out there. They're not going to learn. They're just going to find more people or more victims that, you know, it's going to happen over and over and over again. And then they'll just move around to different communities and, and continue the process because yeah. then they actually don't get, they don't receive any consequences for their actions because they didn't build any concrete relationships that they don't have to yeah. lose. Right. So 100%. I can see that if you have people on the edge of like, there's always the non-intentional kind of ignorant 
type, right? That they just don't know better and they're, they're, they can change their behaviors. But the ones that are ingrained in like, I believe I deserve this, you know, I'm entitled to women having to please me, like whatever these kind of more toxic mentalities are, like how would you aspire to, to reach those guys? Because there's no way as a woman, I'd be able to reach them in the same way that you might, at least being on the same gender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest, I, I don't I don't think I would start there. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think I think I have to start with open minds, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and while they are the most extreme, there are a lot I feel like the majority of men in our society are not in integrity with things that will fulfill them and, and allow them to show up in a way that, that makes the world better and makes the the women you know, whether they're with them or not, uh, makes women safer. And so I think there's a lot of work that can be done with men who are a little more open and then just feel confused and, and are looking for that guidance in that community. So that's where I would start, you know, because so much of it is you have to have a relationship. You can't mm-hmm. just be out here like, you know, unless they find you on social media, you know, but then they're already sort of open with, you know, but I, I a relationship super key but I also know that just my presence and being in a lot of the healing that I'm doing you know it does trickle out to people there are people who see it and they'd be like oh like I can be respectful to women (laughs) this guy is being (laughs) respectful (laughs) you know it's like or oh I don't have to be I don't need to feel like I you know oh my gosh like like there's so much oh <laughs> like cheating or just like just all the all the the, the, the toxic stuff that, that that's encouraged especially in like hip-hop culture i think there's a lot of dudes now even someone like chance the rapper yeah i lie i know i don't know if you know chance but he got a lot of uh, he got a lot of you know people that were hating on him for being like i love my wife we got married you know his last album yeah. it's like we need someone to, to say that you know we, we need someone to acknowledge the ways that you know their partners help them heal you know you know being valuable to them and and so yeah I think just he doesn't know it but I mean he probably does know it but he's already changed the world by by being the person that he is and so I think more people just being themselves and and allowing their voice to be heard is important and then organizing you know different men's groups different companies different initiatives different communities Um, I think a lot of that is, is, is really what starts the trickle effect and I think generation I mean just looking at TikTok Gen Z they're on one you know it's like mm-hmm. dudes are it's it's so encouraging because you see like football players who are like open to dancing in a way that feels expressive to them in a way that like me thinking back to middle school and high school it was like oh you can't dance like that you know what <laughs> I mean? it's like yeah. that is you're moving your hips too much you know it's mm-hmm. like dudes on tiktok now are like they're like lifting weights in the gym and they're just like dancing in ways that they want to dance you know and it's cool and so like i do see just people being being in a way that feels uh yeah being will, will trickle to other people because then other people will feel more free to, to, to be themselves and, and, you know, be willing to call things out, you know, that aren't helpful. So it's definitely work and it's a, it's definitely a solution that requires a lot of minds and a lot of hands. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. I want to wrap up with a couple of questions. Sure. 
you mentioned a lot about representation here, and I think that's really the solution, right? Getting more people to show a diversity of different perspectives, right? So especially with Gen Z, they are definitely playing with breaking down norms of what gender looks like, right? Or gender people looking like. So what kind of representation do you think men need about creating better relationships with women that doesn't exist right now? Yeah. Oh, that's... Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> oh my god oh like chance the rapper is a perfect example but are there any others that um yeah i mean i i follow a decent amount of uh what i would call men who are really intentional about their awareness uh, and like men's coaches and things like that on social and i think what what sticks out to me with a lot of these men is that they're connected to their heart and they are able to listen and that's a big thing is a a lot of men aren't connected to their emotions or connected to their heart and you know they see that as a sign of weakness and and so that's a big place to start it's like bro you got to connect to your heart (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know know, and even thinking about sex it's like you know what our image of a lot of men and boys learn sex through porn so it's like you know prioritizing the man's desires and it's sometimes violent, you know, and it's often doesn't have heart in it, you know, and so it's like, and it's performative, you know, mm-hmm. it's not about connection, you know, so just even like, even there, it's like, okay, let's rethink of what does sex even mean, you know, what is, what is, you know, and so that's a big thing, like leadership in, in, in sex and, and, and the conversations that we have about sex, connecting the feelings in our heart and then having different men who, who are willing to talk about that. And then uh, another big thing is, is, is that the importance of connection and, 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 and intimacy among friends and, and being able to reimagine that, what it looks like on an emotional level, on a physical level. Um, you know, that's the reason why, you know, when you look at boys and, you know, later in high school, like the suicide rate goes crazy because they don't feel like they can talk to someone. They don't feel like they can lean on someone, you know, and, it, and it's like, yeah, that's not okay. That's an element that I see as well. That's really important. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that. I think there isn't enough representation of platonic relationships, yeah. right? Both like men to men, women with women, women and men, you know, like if it's the same gender, it's competitive. Yeah. And even if it is different genders, it's still competitive, right? As yeah. in who's got more control, but in a platonic relationship, there's no such thing as who's got the upper hand, you know, because you're you're friends and you're here to help each other out. So, you know, I definitely want to see more of that energy as well in terms of friendships. What other types of relationships do you want to see represented more? You mean like sexual relationships or just relationships? Anything. Yeah, it could, it could be that, you know, like I would want to see more uh, a breakdown of um, the nuclear family. You know, I would want to see like best friends investing in a mansion together and, you know, living together that way you know um i don't know what kind of relationships would you want to see more that's powerful that's powerful yeah i mean definitely yeah gay relationships are i think are are really important um transgender relationships like just relationships that represent people and then yeah i did see that that about like being i I think a, a cool thing is like being able to live in community being able to live with tribe so whether it's friends or whether it's multiple couples, mm-hmm. um, I think that can be really healing and is a lot more in line with how our brains were developed. And even when I think about 
I mean, this is getting more into like babies and families, but yeah, we're, 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 we're raised to be like, be super independent lone wolves. And so it's like, that is not how the brain works. That is not, mm. that is not evolutionarily like how we feel safe, you know? So I think just a lot more investment in community is the biggest thing that comes to mind. I was looking at the blue zones, which are the places where the people live the longest and doing research on them. And that's one of the biggest, one of the nine things that, that all the blue zones have is, is that they have these core communities or these core groups of people, I think in, in I don't remember which one it was, it was either Greece or like somewhere in Korea or something, but it was like they had, like they determined their groups of friends or, or these people that they were going to build with and they would check in with each other weekly and they would just have this tribe and I know there's a blue zone of Seventh-day Adventists in California and a big thing was that they had these, these these people that they were with every week you know and that they were able to just have these intimate relationships with and so that that's a, a, a you know we have this whole loneliness pandemic that no one's talking about it yeah but, uh, yeah that's that's something that, that that's huge for sure yeah especially just like having living in isolation so much this year and last year right what attribute of masculinity are you most afraid to lose Ooh. oh oh wow <laughs> yeah um i mean i don't i don't i don't that's a good question i mean i think what would be the the most different is yeah the the, the physicality um I, I think that that's probably what what because I feel like a lot of the other things are much more fluid, but that mm-hmm. feels like something that it's a big distinction as a man is, is yeah, is, is my physical prowess. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think so. that's, that's interesting because I've been recently taking, dissolving that concept of what I believe is masculine and I used to believe alpha males are like, you know, the most desired type of masculinity. And I still receive that energy of just the way that I look, I might look like I'm someone that's receptive to alpha male energy and it doesn't work anymore. And I, it's very interesting to see like these guys and their eyes kind of just change because they're like, oh my God, this doesn't work. Like, well, what do you mean? It doesn't work. Like, I'm not attracted to your big muscles, you know, like I'm not attracted mm-hmm. to your um, assertive tone, you know, I'm not attracted to these things that normally are what guys aspire to be to obtain this kind of woman, you know, and it, it's confusing now. And it's also, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm looking for a feminized man either. I'm just not looking for any of those attributes anymore. I'm looking for what's in your soul. And that's like really confusing, I think, for a lot of men when it's like, I don't have that. Or I don't know if I can have that because I've never looked inside before. I've spent my whole life on my outward appearance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my last question to you is, out of everything we talked about today, is there anything that you would like to invite another man to elaborate on further in another episode on the show? Ooh, that's a really good question. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, I think sexuality is, is, is just like from a... And I don't know how open they would be with you, but 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 from like a 
yeah, just just an attraction standpoint and understanding that and, and, and understanding the fluid nature or the spectrum nature of sexuality and their relationship with that. I think that's something that a lot of men don't express to anybody, including mm-hmm. their closest friends. Uh, and it's something that we all deal with as humans, you know? So it's, it's or not even deal with experience as humans, you know? And, and, and so, yeah, I think that that's an interesting topic. If you get yeah. someone that's willing to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I've, I've recently, I mean, everyone puts their rules on for, for sex, but I, I went from, you know, a three month, no sex rule when I was dating to no sex, unless we're making a baby. Like we need to be at that level of commitment, um, which means casual sex is just completely off the table. I'm realizing it was mainly a defense mechanism, you know, to filter out people with different um, intentions and then for them to be like, oh, this one is just too much effort. So I'm just not going to do it. Uh, And also to encourage platonic relationships. But if I wanted to engage in a a sexual relationship with someone, I haven't figured out how I would re-engage in that conversation because I've been so focused on the defense side. So maybe maybe i can find one (laughs) where we can talk about that so that's interesting my my girlfriend was also like no sex until we are committed in a committed relationship and that was the first time i've ever had a girl say that to me and i was like whoa yeah not enough (laughs) girls say that unfortunately you know but it was hard but the thing is it was hard for her as well of course there was an element of defense for her as well it wasn't like she necessarily, she, she just desired someone that would show up and commit, you know, and have integrity. That's really what she desired. She wanted the sex, though, you know, so it was, it was hard for her at the same time. So, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yes, let's talk about sex, baby. Check out the next episode where I talk to a guy who has HSV, or more commonly known as herpes, and can't tell his friends because they're still making jokes about herpes in the group chat. There's so many things that we still need to talk about in relation to sex and the shame that's involved in sharing this information with people that we care about. Make sure to subscribe. And if you'd like to be on the show or know of someone with a unique perspective, slide into my DMs at Miss Amanda Chen on Instagram. And I'll see you next Wednesday with more episodes of The 100 Must Men.